Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kathy Ransom, the author of Ransom Notes. Uh, she is the subject of a documentary named Ransom Notes. And uh, each month we do a visual Ransom Note. And uh, each week we meet you here. And wherever you're listening, it's fine for us. Uh, you can find us on many different outlets here. But uh, without further ado, let me bring our host, our radio and podcast host each and every week, Kathy Ransom. Kathy, how are you? I couldn't be better, Frank. It's so great to talk with you. And this is a beautiful fall day. We've had a couple of rainy ones before, but uh, rain in this part of Illinois, it may slow the harvest down a bit but on the other hand the ground is dry so we're thankful for a bit of moisture and how is everything in new york everything is uh, good here uh it's a it's a comfortable day not uh, not bad at all and as long as we don't see the white stuff early uh i'll be fine with that well i uh i want to just ask you a question have you ever gotten lost Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Before GPS and before uh, cell phones could tell us where to go, I, I spent half my life lost. Do you think we could lose a city? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I know they talk about the lost city of Atlantis, but uh, I, I, I wonder. I wonder where you're going with this. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say there's a chance we can lose a city. Well, it's sort of interesting this season of the year, there are opportunities for going around and celebrating harvest time because Illinois does raise lots of variety of things, including uh, apples and pumpkins, as well as corn and grain and that kind of thing. And we went a couple of weekends ago to the Spoon River Festival, which is over by Spoon River, more on the west north or west part of Illinois for people who are not real familiar with our state. And we have been there before many times to their festival and there are that harvest guys have their watermelons and their gourds and the pumpkins out and you buy and antique dealers have their things out. But it hadn't been in existence for I think probably three seasons because of the uh, COVID back in duty so we thought it would be great to go but we did a side trip this time that we had never be been before we went to a little town called ipava ipava uh which is near bernadotte which you've never heard of or you've never heard of table grove but there's three little cities over there and we had heard about a museum called the easily pioneer museum and we thought we will take a detour visit this free museum because we thought we could afford that and it was great fun because this museum talks about how those three cities had to disappear for a period of time during world war ii wow imagine wow. the military the military came in and condemned all of that land therefore they could buy it at whatever price they wanted to offer to the owners of the land and they gave them hold your breath a whole sum of about 50 to 75 dollars an acre can you imagine for wow. good farmland wow. the, the 
the deal included that they had to, they could take down their house and their barn if they wanted and take it with them. Now, I'm not quite sure how in the 30 days that they had to be off of the land, I'm not sure how you'd get a, a barn down, packed into a box or a wagon or whatever, and move it off. So I'm sure that most of the barns and most of the homes were probably totally destroyed. The military then came in, and after they had purchased around uh, a, a huge number of acres at, at, at this incredibly horrible price of almost nothing, 17,000 acres. I knew that I should remember. My brain finally turned on. Uh, 17,000. They condemned all of that. They came in, and then they started building very uh, inexpensive, quick, not well done buildings because in the war they were needing to build to do two things. They were building a training place to bring in thousands of military people to train to shoot, to be leaders, and among other things, sort of a crazy thing, and that's why the Spoon River, they were teaching them how to get in a boat and cross a river that's flowing because these soldiers were going to be going into Germany and in areas where they would need to be invading by crossing a river. So they'd come in, teach them how to, to cross the river, and then they'd ship them off. They had a huge hospital. Uh, they built over 2,200 buildings. They built a, the hospital they said was modeled what we you know. Did you ever watch the, the TV program, MASH? Yes, oh, many times. Great show. Well, apparently this huge hospital was on that same model of kind of thing, that it uh, could house thousands of people over time. I mean, they rotated them in and out. They, uh, and, and they also had a, they had to have a railroad to get everything in. The railroad had to be built quickly. They would bring in as well. They were building and probably partially after they got going, an average of a hundred boxcars per day, bringing in supplies. Back in forty, what forty three, forty four, that's a pretty big train to get you know that many cars yeah. in there that quickly, and. Uh, but it was, you know, there's always a good side to bad things and losing your home and your property and all of that was certainly not something you would want, but it certainly brought in business and everything. Then the other part of this complex was a gigantic prison where they brought German prisoners and they stayed for, uh, they had over at one time 7,500 uh prisoners in there at one time that's a lot of guys to have all <laughs> excuse me in this pow camp yeah wow and, and in that whole time they had only one person one prisoner escape and that was as i understand it sort of almost by accident after the war they uh, sold the, the land back to the farmers they moved out there's almost no recognition of this huge complex, Camp Ellis, being there at all. There's a few concrete pillars and a smokestack, but uh, basically it's all gone. So that made me, and we saw all of this in a small museum in this little town of Ipava. Mm. They had uh, 
uh, letters. They had soldiers' uniforms. They had samples of some of the, the gear that they used in those days. It was a very nice museum, but it got me thinking about what cities in the Bible sort of disappeared. Uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, did they? You got it. Yeah. You got it. Years ago, we sort of had a chance to visit them. I think it was back in about 1961, was in the area. There isn't much to see. That city disappeared. And if you remember the story, it was Abraham and his nephew, Lot, and his wife, two daughters, and their husbands were living in this town, of Sod or these towns of Sodom and Gomorrah which apparently must have been incredibly evil towns and god just decided it was time to get rid of those two towns yeah. well uncle abraham really didn't want his nephew killed so it's hard to believe have you ever tried to bargain with god <laughs> i i think sometimes like if you if you're young and you're st being stupid and you drink too much Let's say you bargain with God and you say, God, I will never drink again if you just make me feel better. Things like that. But it's it's a hard thing to do. Yes, it really is. <laughs> well, he, he bargained. He said, you know, if I can find 50 good people in here that believe in you, will you save the town? And then he went down to 40 and Abraham kept going down 30 and 20. He says, if I can even find 10 Will you just keep from destroying it? Well, ultimately, he wasn't able to find 10, but God let him at least have time to get uh, his nephew out. Nephew had to try and talk his two son-in-laws to go, but they didn't want to go. So that was really just basically Lot, his wife, the two daughters, and uh, they left and they had one command. When they were going out of the city and God was about ready to burn it, he said, do not turn around. And you know what? Sometimes people don't listen to God. Yeah. And if you remember correctly, who turned around? Uh, who, who turned? Uh, Lot? Uh, he turned it to salt, didn't he? No, his wife did. His wife turned around. Right. And she's the one that turned into the pillar of salt. You're right. He turned it. God destroyed that day totally two cities yes, and you really don't see much of them anymore so then i got to thinking you know right now in today's society i'm sort of worried no we don't have anybody coming in and well i guess we have some war but we don't have god coming in and sort of zapping a city but we have people that are walking away from god and there are fewer people going to church these days there are fewer people who are active in service for the lord they might as well be walking away it's we're destroying god's house i think each of us that are listening to this need to try and acknowledge that satan is at work it's he that is trying to destroy the churches the christians the followers yeah. of the word we need to be alert and we need to pray that somehow we can restore the faithfulness that the United States used to be really sort of known as a Christian nation. And we may still have some of those outward evidences, but if you look at who's going to church on Sunday and who's acting, it's a dwindling number. So Frank, 
my hope for everybody today is let's not let the churches disappear like Sodom and Gomorrah or like our little town of Bernadette in Illinois that was a training center for the military. Uh, listen, uh, it's, it's a concern. And when you look around on Sunday and you see less and less people in the pews and you know what, you see a lot of older people uh, and they, they seemed in my, in my area here, uh, they outnumber the young people and uh, it's a little scary because when the old people are like, you know, like me and my wife, when we're gone, um, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping that there's an another generation coming in. Um, it's you're you're absolutely right, and it's a very scary thought. And if we think it's bad here in the U.S., let me tell you, in Europe, it's even worse. Much worse. It's much the worse. The disappearing, the disappearing of people. So have a good week, Frank. Yeah. Do you do you have a final thought? Well, the women will appreciate this one more. Yeah. Beauty comes always comes from within, within jars, compacts, <laughs> tubes, and bottles. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> well, men too. Listen, we're I think we're more vain than the uh, than the women. And uh, uh, coming from I'll a guy, you, I'll let I'll let you speak on behalf of the guys. <laughs> You're talking to a guy who dyes his hair every three weeks. So uh, uh, Frank McKay here. Uh, signing off, uh, you know, for Kathy Ransom, and she's wonderful, always wonderful. Uh, and we'll see you all next time on Ransom Notes. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay, the most intriguing talk in talk radio. Talk radio.